you know, it's, it's not early anymore, and it's important. You really have to get a win tonight. How's, how's the GM feel at this stage of the game? Nervous, competitive, excited, all the above. I mean, the reality is if you're in the West Division in the CFL and you're coming down the last couple of games of the season, which are essentially playoff games for a lot of us, if this doesn't get your, your blood going, then you shouldn't be doing this. So it's more excitement. Um, and at this point, the role I'm in, you just have to sit back and, and trust the people that you have out there, which I do. That's the toughest thing for a GM because you don't play, you don't coach. That's right. you, you put everybody in place. Now you got to just kind of kind of watch the pot boil a little yeah, bit, right? Exactly There's not right. much you can do about it, right? No. Uh, everyone said it's going to be tight uh, going in. I mean, they say it every year, but I don't think anybody expected it to be this tight in the CFL West. I mean, you could have possibly have all four teams finish 10 and 8 mm-hmm. uh, underneath Calgary, which is it's just amazing. It's great for the CFL. It's going to be uh, great uh, for people to watch some entertaining football over the next three weeks. A lot of parity in the league, and, and for the fans and for the league itself, very good. For those that are in us, again, uh, you can approach it two ways. You can be timid and, and nervous, or you can roll your sleeves up and say, we're going to meet this head on and we're excited for this because it's an opportunity and a good platform for us to take advantage of the opportunity and the task in hand. When you look at the uh, the, the tough losses uh, lately and, and there's been some really heartbreaking ones um, it, it always is tough when you have to go through that adversity but that adversity can, can build you for later in, in, in the season. Um, you got a big win last week against Ottawa but but tell me what you saw during those tough times from the coaching staff to, to the players to you know the people that you talk to and, and how do you think that this team has been able to navigate through that period and you know led to a win last week very, very professional and a lot of continuity what i mean by that is a lot of times if you go through some adversity like that you're losing close games where you don't make a play here and there or you get a funny bounce here and there which happens in football uh it can splinter a team and it can make people go apart they can be some finger pointing we haven't had that and that's a testament to our coaching staff and our leaders and our entire organization so we've we've kept together we're pulling the same direction and if you've in this if you're in this industry long enough, you're going to have seasons like this. I had it in 2009 with the New York Jets. We went into the last game of the season. We had the win. No one thought we were, and you know what? We won. We caught fire. We went on to the AC Championship. Mm-hmm. There's other years where that stuff doesn't happen. So if you're in it long enough, basically the motto is control what you can control. Prepare. Yeah. Approach the game the right way, and, and if you make plays, good things happen. I think a lot of people, and you know, I think this is fans, this is us as media, get caught up into the, to, to, to the way it happens. You know, mm-hmm. uh, why did it take this long for the team to kind of come together? Mm-hmm. You know, why couldn't you have clinched uh, a couple weeks ago? That sort of thing. I guess the point is in sports, the parity is such it is. And this has been, I think, the best parity we have seen. We say it every year. It seems like, oh, this is the most parity we've seen in the league. And it seems like mm-hmm. we're seeing it again. Um, if you're in this situation, this is what you got to relish. It doesn't matter what, how you got here, but you're in a situation where you're knocking on the door. You got to enjoy it. Yeah, look, we all wish we were 11-5 and five or 10-6. and six, And had we taken care of business and some other aspects and other games, we probably would be. We're not. This is the journey we're on. This is the path we're on. So embrace it, dial in, focus, and handle what we can handle. We've got two games, and we're not even worried about Winnipeg right now. Right now, we're worried about BC, just like last week. We were worried about Ottawa, and that's all you can control. If you start looking too far ahead, then your focus isn't on the task at hand, and then those games don't matter. If you don't, like I was talking to Jason earlier this week, I said, yeah, the goal is to go 3-0. Obviously, you can't do that without 1-0. You can't do it without 2-0. So the way you do that is focus on the opponent that week, and then all the peripheral noise, all the outside noise, no disrespect, it does not matter. What matters is what we think inside the building. We trust each other. We're all on the same page, and that's ultimately the most important thing. 
Uh, your news of the week this week was the contract extension for Elmondo Sewell. That's a, that's a big get because uh, five straight years he's been an all-star. He's played every game of his career in green and gold. And he's a guy who not only – and I talked to him this week about it, and he, he, he was kind of cool because he says not only does he want to be an Eskimo, he wants to be an Edmontonian. And this is a guy from Jamaica, New York, right? And, right, right. And, and he's a guy who wants to set up shop at Edmonton when his career is over. It's, uh, it's great to get him under contract. Well, I mean, it, everything I just spoke about, he embodies, is leadership, task at hand, trusting the people in the building. Go, he's gone through tough times. Everyone that's been in this league long enough or in pro football long enough has had some trials and tribulations. And we have someone with his leadership, not the loudest guy, but when he does speak, people listen. So to have someone like him back for two years was a no-brainer. I'm very happy we could get it done, and I think he's equally as happy. Anything you can tell us on uh, Jarrell Walker and his status? Right now, he, he's progressing. Um, you know, I would say we're hopeful. Uh, the bye week before Winnipeg is going to help out. Um, Darrell's very lucky being candid. That could have been much more horrific than it was. So it's kind of a, you know, there a little bit of blessings in the sense that that could have been potentially career-ending. So, you know, we're the training department's doing a great job. Darrell's been the consummate pro. He's been rehabbing every day, and we're hopeful he'll be back for Winnipeg. So, yeah, there's still a chance we're going to see him before the season. There's a chance, yes. We're, okay. we're hopeful. The defense, I think this has been a story that hasn't been talked about enough, in my opinion. And even through the through the, the, tough, the tough times with the losses, man, this is a unit that has kept you in games, and they have been very stout lately. No question. All year. I mean, people talk about it lately, and I don't know the, the number of games off the top of my head, but there's multiple games where it's been 20 or less. You know, you talk about the game in Toronto that we lost. We played great defensively. Mm-hmm. You talk about the BC game at home that we won. Before our offense took hold that game, our defense kept us in it. You know, you go back to the Saskatchewan game. That speaks for itself. So the unit's playing great. And again, that goes from coaching all the way down to the players, whether it's veterans like JC and Armando and Aaron, to newcomers, to guys that are new and, and Quaco stepping up and, and some of these other players that are younger that are stepping up and taking advantage and making plays for us. Have you seen the defensive coaching staff? And really, I think all the coaching staff just, you know, instead of saying, well, this is what we do and we're just going to stick to what we do, we seem to be seeing a lot of different things on the field. And then from mm-hmm. a defensive standpoint, for example, after the Ottawa game, it seemed to be like, okay, we're sick of teams driving to the red zone and we stop in the red zone and we make them kick field goals. Let's be a little tougher for them to get to the red zone. And we've, we've seen that result. Well, I don't think that before that time we were saying, hey, if in between the 30s, let's just let them run them down the yeah. field. I mean, and that's what I was saying earlier is the approach before we got on air, the approach week to week is the same. So right. when people, again, outside of the building are like, well, now they're trying harder. No, we're trying hard every damn day. And the effort, the coaching, the players, everybody in the building, the effort and the, the focus has been the same all year. Had that not gone that way, we wouldn't be in the position we are right now as far as having a chance to own our own mm-hmm. destiny. So, um, no, there wasn't a, to, to answer the question a little bit shorter, there wasn't a, a flip that they, a switch that they flipped and said, okay, now we're going to try harder on defense and, and focus in between areas. They've been doing multiple stuff all season from training camp on through. I think it's just the challenging, we can do more, so let's do more, and they have done more. So, Yeah, and it comes down to just making plays. I, I think mm-hmm. if uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting game because sometimes the ball bounces a little bit different and you could be in perfect position and, and that's not making excuses. There's just been some instances this year where it just hasn't fallen our way. You know, and I'll go back. There's been some other teams I've been associated with for the years, 2010 at the Jets, where we won three games in a row in overtime and the ball bounced funny our way. Yep. And, and sometimes it just doesn't happen and sometimes it does. As a general manager, you're always uh, looking forward, uh, not just at the now. Uh, what's the biggest thing on your plate right now? And I know you uh, the, the CBA has put a lot of stuff into, mm-hmm. into flex 
Jackson. I know you can't talk about that. Right. Uh, but what's the biggest thing on your plate now with just a couple of games left to go in the season? How much work are you doing for next year already? Multiple contract offers out to players. And, again, that's going to be a bit of a slow process with everything pending. Um, but that's that's the focus now is always looking panoramically down the road and, and where is it going to be the next fit for the next player. You know, Paul Jones, our scouting staff, is, is out there beating the bushes. We're in communication all the time. So always looking for the next man up and planning accordingly on who are pending free agents, you know, what what's the likelihood of being able to afford whatever number of players that may be, what it may not be, and just trying to get a focus for next year as much as possible. Uh, it's kind of weird in football. Uh, you know, and everyone kind of has the hockey mentality in Canada. The season ends and there's the draft. It's so different in football. The season ends and then the draft is four months from now. Right. Uh, do you, does it, most of your scouting for the Canadian draft take place via video and on tape, or do you, do you get out and see a lot of games? We visit every school. Rob Ralph visits every school. I'm a big believer in seeing these guys physically in person because it, it tells a different tale. Body language, just how they are physically. Is there room for them to grow and put weight on, so on and so forth? The most that I do starting in December is on video. And then the, the top portion of the of the draft class will be at the combine. So I'll see them all, the top 50 at the combine. But for me, it's mostly on video at this yeah. point. And, that, and the NFL is the same way. It's a long wait after the season. It must be right. tough because you're probably moving guys up and down a lot of times before the draft finally gets there. Right? A little bit. And, and teams have different approaches. My approach is I'm not really worried where they're at now. Let, let's go through the process and let's make sure we get it right on draft day. It doesn't matter where we have them in December. I know some teams start stacking the board in December. I've never been that way. I've been more, let's gather as much information as possible. Let's evaluate these guys as much as possible. And let's get it right when we need to, as opposed to before everyone else. Well, all that's left is this game. <laughs> One at a time. That's One all you can do. Time. That's right. That's the focus. All right. Uh, thanks, Brock. Appreciate your time today. Th- thanks for having me. Right, Brock. Brock Sunderland. That's the most general manager.